It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. You know, it's really like amazing to think about what the life of a Cleveland Browns fan is like. Uh, and we're talking Cleveland Browns right now uh, on the, fan- the Fantasy Points Franchise Focus podcast series. That is a lot of Fs. Um, uh, fantasy Points I was Francis, that same fucking... thing, Joe. You were, you were saying at the end of our last podcast, I'm like, wow, that's a lot of Fs. A lot of Fs. Yeah, say, that, say that three times fast. Joe. I probably should have tried to pronounce this out loud before we, uh, before we got the series up there. But it is the Franchise Focus podcast series. And guys, I was, uh, by the way, that's Tom Brawley and Grant Barfield. And as we continue our journey around the NFL, breaking down all uh, 32 NFL teams. And today we're talking about the Cleveland Browns po- uh, uh, on the podcast. And I was doing our little intro for the franchise focus article. And then I just realized like the level of heartbreak that a Browns fan has, like they saw their team leave and then come back. And then it was another 20 years before they won a playoff game. They have done it. The Cleveland Browns have broken through. They advanced to the divisional round last year, winning a wild card playoff game against hated Pittsburgh, who had like knocked them out of the playoffs the last three times they made the playoffs. Um, Their last win came with Belichick as the head coach. I mean, uh, it's just unbelievable what what fans of this franchise have been through. But now you're going into 2021 and you're all optimistic. Let's look at the totals. Tom, 10 and a half, plus 100 to the over, plus 145 to win the AFC North, minus 225 to make the playoffs, minus odds on the Cleveland Browns to make the playoffs, plus 750 to win the AFC, plus 1600 to win the Super Bowl. This team's win total has jumped from nine and a half in late March to 10 and a half. And their Super Bowl odds have fallen from plus 2200 in February to plus 1600. Good Lord, Tom Brawley. The Cleveland Browns are one of the favorites in the AFC to represent the conference in the Super Bowl. Uh, it's it's a weird time, isn't it? In the AFC North, uh, it's it's happening here. I think everybody got like it was a little bit of premature a couple of years ago. Uh, you know, going into Baker Mayfield's second season, everybody was uh, jumping on the bandwagon. But this one actually feels pretty legitimate, and a lot of it has to do with the off season they had and. Uh, you know, they, they pick up, you know, some big time uh, players in John Johnson and uh, Troy Hill in the secondary, uh, Malik Jackson, they get for the defensive line, Jadavion Clowney, uh, debatable what he has in the tank, but uh, they, they, they made some nice offseason moves. They, they, did, they killed it in the draft. They got Greg Newsome, yeah. who fell a little bit to 26. Uh, uh, the Joker, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name. Uh, you know, the linebacker. There you go. Yeah. You, say it again there, Joe. Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa. Yes, him. He fell to the second round. Uh, and Anthony Schwartz is a very interesting pick that they got in the, the third round for a little speed on the uh, the perimeter. So uh, a lot of positive vibes for this franchise. And even in the playoffs last year, the end of, they put up the 28 points against the Steelers in the first, uh, the wild card game in the first quarter. Uh, they were hanging right there with, uh, you know, with the Chiefs, couldn't pull out the That's game. The so th- this is... This is a, an ascending team that is coming off a strong uh, off season, uh, so it's it's not you know it's it's no question that they're they're better than they were last year, and you know they're right neck and neck with the Ravens right now, and mm-hmm. uh, you know the win totals, the odds, and, and with the uh, Super Bowl odds. 
Yeah, so Graham, I, I mean, here's the problem I've been having with the Cleveland Browns, though. And looking at this team from an overall perspective, vis-a-vis a fantasy perspective, it's a tougher team for me for fantasy because, you know, the ball just goes everywhere. You know they're going to run it, but... There's concern about Nick Chubb because he might not have a role in the passing game as good as he – I mean, like I've said, a, a couple of times you watch Nick Chubb and pound for pound, you just think he's best running back in football when you watch the guy. Yeah. But Kareem Hunt, yeah. you know, is involved in the passing game. Odell Beckham's been a massive disappointment ever since he strapped on the pads in Cleveland. Jarvis Landry, uh, I, I think he's probably a decent value at wide receiver 43. But really, it's not a great fantasy team. No, it's not. And, and what's – you know, what – the, like what changes it here is the Browns last year with Stefanski, they went incredibly run heavy. I mean, they were top eight in run rate in all three game situations that I tracked. So when the game was within a score, when the team was ahead and when the Browns were behind, they were still like top five, top six in run rate in all of those situations. I mean, this team is centered around Chubb and Hunt and then the play action game off of that. I don't really see that changing all that much. And, you know, last year Jarvis Landry was was basically useless when Beckham was healthy. Um, you know, he averaged, you know, over 14 fantasy points per game when when Beckham was in the lineup or out of the lineup, excuse me. But, yeah, I mean, both of those guys are, are, are going in the eighth, ninth round right now. I mean, Beckham, Beckham goes in like the sixth or seventh. He's kind of come up a little bit. But, you know, Landry's in the eighth and ninth round. I just, I think you nailed it. I think it's it's Chubb. You can, you know, get Hunt as your RB2 or RB3 in the fifth or sixth. But, you know, even then, you know, the ceiling is limited because Chubb is so damn good and he's going to play a ton. Um, yeah, I just, it's, it's a really hard team to draft. I have been finding myself taking more Baker Mayfield than usual just to kind of get yeah. exposure to all of these guys. Because I think, you know, if the offense does well, he's going to be throwing touchdowns. Yeah, he's a guy I really I just have not drafted much of. I, I just I just never see him, you know, really racking up the numbers in this offense. I, I do think it's it, it revolves all around Chubb and Hunt in this in this rushing attack. Um, you know, his odds have have been plummeted in the MVP market as well. Uh, you know, down mm-hmm. to plus thirty three hundred. Uh, I mean, not plummeted. You know, they're they're getting shorter. Yeah, I mean, people are betting him up, and uh, you know, just because he's going to be the quarterback on a, a pretty good team here, but. I still think at the end of the day, an MVP quarterback has to put up some sort of numbers. Maybe it will happen this year. I I doubt it. I still think this is, uh, you know, Stefanski wants to use him like a Kirk Cousins, you know, uh, you know, manage, you know, to, to take your shots when you can uh, and, and have the offense run through the running game. So, uh, you know, I would be more inclined to look at, you know, maybe props for, you know, Nick Chubb, his offensive player of the year is at plus 1,600. Um, you know, I, I kind of almost view him, you know, he's a lot like this offense kind of like Derrick Henry. Uh, you know, I kind of see him yeah. as the, the Derrick Henry of this offense. And, uh, if they have a massive season, uh, this season on offense, I think it's going to be a, a lot on Chubb. So he's a guy that he's been climbing up my rankings here personally. Uh, I, I hate the drafting in the six to eight, you know, that six to eight, six to nine range. Um, you know, I, I just don't feel great about Taylor. I don't feel great about Zeke. Uh, you know, and Chubb has kind of been. Would you would you feel great week. if you got? Would you feel great if you got Saquon like I did at eight last night, Tom? Well, that would be fantastic. Uh, I don't know <laughs> what drafts you're in. Jeez, uh, is that on? Uh, it, it was an underdog. It was an underdog puppy draft. Tom, I, you got to see okay. this team. I posted it on Twitter. I sent it to Graham last night. It's basically my favorite team I've drafted so far. Um, just yeah, like Barkley, in terms man. of like, Barkley. 
Barkley is just like falling. Yeah, and you know what? And and here's the funny thing about Barkley. Edwin's made me feel better about Barkley. I know. That article was fantastic. I've referenced that a few times. Barkley's just been – he was, you know, five or six in May, and now he's slipping to seven or eight. That's not going to too far here, but what what is – is it just because they've been kind of mum on a timeline? I think that – I think so. Yeah, because even – it was that article that came out, and it's from a great beat writer for the Giants. He's been with them for a long time, but he said they're going to bring on Barkley slowly. And it's yeah. like, okay, what does that mean? He's going to get 18 touches in week one instead of 23? Like, is that slowly? I mean, they don't really have anything else besides Devontae Booker. And, and as Edwin pointed out in his article, not again, we'll talk about this with the Giants, but as Edwin pointed out in his article about Saquon Barkley, well, even in a documented example of a team bringing a player coming off an ACL along slowly, which was yeah. Jamal Charles a few years ago, um, and he played like 27% of the snaps in week one, and he still had a huge season. So, I mean, you know, this is a marathon, not a sprint. And again, you have one extra game here for everybody to make an impact. Now, let me bring this full circle. Graham, let's talk to you. How are you treating this? backfield for fantasy yeah i've I, last year i i i don't I, i've gone back and forth on this so many times like was fading chubb a mistake because you know he is certainly an outlier just like derrick henry you know doesn't have a ton of passing down usage and we all play in ppr leagues that's the new standard yeah. now um and i think at times we we kind of over overvalue the guys that are like the true passing down mavens and undervalue guys like Chubb and Henry and Henry has has corrected. Um, obviously, you know, he's a locked in top three, top four. Pick, yeah, he's he's different than Chubb, but I understand what you're saying. Yeah. And it's just, it's tough because like Chubb was just a monster. He just had so many monster games last year. And, and like I mentioned earlier, I mean, they are a top five, top six team and run rate in all game situations. Their defense got better. Their defense is going to be even better this year. It's going to keep them in, in – it's going to, in theory, give them even better game scripts to be even more run heavy. Um, I just think this is the outlier team, man. I think, you know, Chubb, you can draft safely uh, at the back end of that first first round. I mean, there's there's pathways where you can, you know, start your draft with, like, Chubb and Tyreek Hill. Yeah, you can start it with Chubb and, and Diggs, so you can kind of have, like, a balance, or you can go running back, running back there, and then hammer receivers for the rest of your draft. Chubb is not necessarily a guy I'm like, oh my God, I got to have if I'm, you know, drafting 10th overall or whatever. But, you know, unlike last year where I kind of had like almost no exposure to him Mm -hmm. um, this year, I've kind of corrected on that a little little bit because there's so many different pathways that you can kind of like hedge against just, just in case Chubb, you know, does have like, you know, let's say he rushes for 1200 yards, but only eight touchdowns. You know, that's the, that'll be a big difference between, you know, him finishing as the RB8 and the RB13. Yeah, I, he crushed me as well last year. I, I, I didn't draft him at all. He was a little cheaper as well last year, but yep. um, I, I think, I think uh, just watching, I, I was betting the props, his receiving props a lot at the end of last year, and they were big time winners. I, Stefanski did go out of his way a little bit more uh, at the end of the year to get him involved in the screen game. Um, you know, it wasn't like staggering, but you know, we're just hoping that he gets to like 30 catches. You know, that would be a great yeah. total. Get the 30 catches. He's, you know, he does a lot with his catches because he's a, capable of, uh, uh, you know, taking a screen, you know, 60 yards to the house. So, um, you know, we're just looking to get that number up into that 30 range. You know, he's never going to be a 40 to 50 catch guy. Uh, he actually, the last eight games with the playoffs involved, 
Uh, he had more catches than Kareem Hunt. So, you know, wow. if he can kind of keep it somewhat in the ballpark with Kareem Hunt, uh, you know, I'll take that. And uh, Hunt's a Hunt's been a difficult guy for me. I, I, I do like his role. You know, he's kind of like that ultimate handcuff. And, but he also does have some standalone value because of his involvement in the passing game, and he is going to get carries. And this is going to be one of the best rushing offenses in the league. But uh, his price has been, you know, just a little bit too high for me. And uh, it, it is in that kind of that dead zone for running backs in that, you know, uh, you know that fifth round range is typically where I see him going off the board. So I, I, I'm going to probably be more out on Kareem Hunt, but I, I do have, I have started to pick up some shares of Chubb in the uh, late first round. Odell Beckham, guys, um, I, I always – look, we always say we shouldn't hold grudges in fantasy, and I think that's a really good rule to follow. Um, but I have to admit, there have been times this year where I'm looking at somebody in the sixth round and my eyes just refuse to acknowledge Odell Beckham just based on how much he's burned us. But then, you know, when I take a, a, a step back and I take a deep breath and I look at this, Tom, I'm like, shit, man – I. Odell Beckham's going at the end of the sixth round. I've got to pick up some shares of him there. Just, just in the off chance that he is 75% of what he once was. He is going to pay off that ADP in spades. I mean, like, that. I, it feels like an overcorrection here. And, and I need to start acknowledging that. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you do it, Joe. I, he's just a guy. I, I just yeah. have not seen it the last couple of years. I mean... Uh, I know injuries have been a major factor, but at this point, I mean, are we, we positive that he can stay on the field and, uh, you know, be a major contributor? I, I, I have my questions. Uh, I, I almost rather have Jarvis Landry, you know, a round or two later. I think he's kind of getting overlooked here a bit. Uh, his overall numbers looked kind of shitty from last year because of, uh, you know, they had a really ugly, ugly stretch of games. Uh, in the middle of the year where he just basically not, did nothing. They had those three, like, wind and rain games uh, all, at, all at Cleveland Stadium there. But he, you know, he started playing really well down the stretch, uh, got more involved with Baker. Uh, I'd much rather, I, you know, Landry's just, you know, he's not sexy. We talked about Tyler Boyd on our, our last podcast. He's going uh, even later than Tyler Boyd. I, I'd much rather, you know, get my shares. Yeah, he's he's not going to have the blow-up potential that o- o- Odell Beckham has, but uh, I, I also like his price a little bit more, and uh, I think there was, you know, there was some good signs of life for Jarvis Landry at the end of last season. I just, uh, Joe, I don't think it's, I don't think it's bias at all. I think you're just in the back of your mind. You know that Beckham just doesn't have the upside he once did, you know, and he's coming off the injury now, and he's starting to come up in price, like we just talked about. Um, I put a, you know, like this is that kind of blew my mind, right? In the, you know, five years he was with the Giants from 14 to 18. Odell Beckham finishes a wide receiver two or better. That's top 24 in weekly scoring in 75% of his games. That's three quarters of his games. Over the last years with the Browns, that's shot down to 26%. He's finishes a, a wide receiver two or better in 26% of the game. So not only has the ceiling been evaporated, his floor is gone. And now you mix in the fact he's coming off a major injury, extremely run first team, Landry looks better in the back half of last year. I think they're going to get Austin Hooper involved more. This is a 12 personnel team. Like we talked about, goes through Chubb and Hunt. Like I just, I just don't see the ceiling for, for Odell Beckham. And like we just talked about in the previous podcast, Jamar Chase and T Higgins, they sometimes slip into that sixth round range, 
I'm taking those guys ten times out of ten over Odell. Beckham. Yeah, I'll I'll take them over Odell Beckham. I'm just I'm just saying like Odell Beckham is a lot more appealing at this price than he has been in years. And sure, uh, oh sure. yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, he was I mean, a third been, round pick last year. Yeah, he's yeah. been yeah. severely overpriced for a long time. You know, he's at right. half the price that he was in recent years. So yeah, right. I, I get you there. But yeah, I just think Jarvis Landry's the better player at this point. You know, he was. Struggled early last year. He was coming through that hip injury. Like, he looked like a different player toward the end of the last year. I, I think he's the number one receiver here. So, um, you know, Odell Beckham coming off a knee injury. You know, he's been, you know, plagued by injuries the last couple of years. I mean, I, I just worry that he just doesn't have that same type of expl- – you know, that that was what made him special, the explosiveness, the, the potential mm-hmm. for big plays uh, at the drop of a hat. And I just don't know – if he's that same kind of player at this point. And that's, I mean, it's reflected in his price a little bit. I, I still think it's a little too high for a guy that really hasn't shown it enough, but um, you know, at least he's more affordable than he's ever been here, uh, you know, since his rookie season. So the Cleveland Browns, a guy's not really a great fantasy team that there's going to be production from somewhere, but you have, you have questions about each and everybody uh, at every position, Uh, but I think that's reflected in the ADP. So, you know, sharp, sharp uh, players are going to find value here somewhere. Really an interesting team to talk to, especially as we contrast them with the team we broke down on yesterday's podcast, their division rival, the Cincinnati Bengals, who are a little bit easier to break down for fantasy and might have a little bit more appeal for fantasy, despite the teams being in different spots uh, in their rebuilds, in their contention windows. Uh, Cleveland's wide open. Cincinnati's still waiting for that to happen. It's been uh, fun talking about some of these teams. We've broken down three of the AFC North teams already. Uh, Pittsburgh's coming much later since we're doing these in alphabetical order. But I just want to keep everybody in mind that, you know, these franchise-focused podcasts, that's not all there is. Go to FantasyPoints.com, sign up for a free 24-hour trial, read them at the website, and we're pretty sure you're going to subscribe because there is a lot of great content. And you can also get Tom Brawley's betting previews for all 32 NFL teams with his leans, his best bets, 8-0 on win totals last year. That is not a lie. He went 8-0 on win totals. It is fact-checked. So follow him on Twitter at Tom Brawley. He's the star of the show. Follow Graham Barfield on Twitter at Graham Barfield. Follow me on Twitter at FG underscore Dolan and follow the site on Twitter at Fantasy PTS. This has been yet another edition of the 2021 Franchise Focus Series here at the Fantasy Points Podcast, and we'll be back with more later this week. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform, and come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com. 